You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Thanks. So this is the evening service, all right? This is how... <laughs> yeah, and I like it. It's, it's a cool... Yeah, something, something like that. Um, it's an interesting week in our country, and I'll ask that you spend time praying in a couple of... Um, this is transition week, is it? This is the week, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I'd like us to spend time praying for our country this week, trusting God that um, as people go into new offices, people take an office that they've held before, that the power of God will cause a change. All right. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but some people are really tired of living in Nigeria. <laughs> But I, I, okay, for some, but let's pray. So for our country, we pray for our country. Isaiah 58 and 12 is for someone tonight. The Bible says, and they shall be of thee, shall, that they that shall be of thee, shall build the old waste places. Okay. Um, it says, thou shall raise the foundations of many generations, and thou shall be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of paths to dwell in. Okay, I don't know who you are. I don't know how God is dealing with you. I don't know what you and God are building together. Alright. Um, but I, I want you to understand that there is a there is a foundation in God for what is happening. Alright. Um, help me tell the person next to you. Tell them it's well. It is well. It is well. Alright. Um, I'm going to progress a thought from the morning service. This feels so cool. Right? can say, oh, as I said in the first service. All right. Um, but I'd like us to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And once we start to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Bible scholars, people who've been saved for a while, kind of like, oh, that is, he's going to talk about love. I know, I know about love. Love. All right. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 13. If it's your very first time at Life Point Church, thank you so much for coming tonight. Could we appreciate everyone who's here for the very first time? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Carmen. So Paul says from verse 1, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. But though, and though I bestow all my goods, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be bond and do not have love, it promises it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity. I have to repeat that for someone tonight. Does not rejoice in iniquity. Three times does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love never fails but whether they are prophecies they will fail whether they are tongues they will cease whether there is knowledge it will vanish away for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect has come then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, 
I put away childish things. For we now see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, this free. But the greatest of this is love. Would you help me ask the person next to you tonight? Are you in love? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, oh my goodness. I, I like how when you ask people some of those questions, they kind of say the first thing they do in your heart. And you true. So, which of my neighbors is this a more appropriate question to ask? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Focus. Yeah, thank you, Verica. I need to focus on this. But it says, when I was a child, I behaved, thought, acted like a child. And over the last couple of weeks at LifePoint, we've examined our walk with God, spiritual maturity, growing up in Christ. Tonight, quick charge to us is about love. And, uh, and here he says love is the greatest. So when we think of all the expressions of the Christian faith, of Jesus indwelling a person, love is the is the biggest part of it. Alright? And yet Paul begins to say, look, when I was a child, that there were certain expressions. So he says, but when I became an adult, and so there is something about love, the love of, the love walk, that's how we used to call it when, you know, when I was a bit younger than this. Alright? The love walk of a Christian, of a maturing Christian. And just to be clear, this love that I speak about today has nothing for Labi to do with the roses you are getting for that girl in the choir who you're trying to get to like you. Not, nothing like that. This is not that love. No, this is... I mean, that love is fine. And I wish you well. <laughs> Alright? And if you are the girl, please, if you don't like him, don't take the roses yet. Just... <laughs> Alright? I really need to focus. Okay. But this is... This is the very expression of God. And I have a word for us in this service. Because as I started to prepare for the earlier service, I began to sense um, the word revival. And when we prayed in that service, it became a bit clearer. Preparing for this, it became a bit clearer. There are realms of revival coming upon people, upon families, and upon countries that will be preceded by acts of love strange deep acts of love and I'll show us in scripture very very quickly it, it, it's so it, it, I mean and I think when you know first Kings 18 you know the prophet says look there is fire that has to come to show whose God is real and there's revival coming but but Paul says in first Corinthians chapter 13 that love is a big deal, guys. And I know that over the last couple of years, you know, we have, you know, so when we were younger, they would say, define love. What is love? Yeah. Yes. Any, any takers? What is love? Twin. Love is kind. I just read that. <laughs> no, but what is love? Felicia, you've been in love. Uh, and you are in love and you love people. What is love? It's a feeling you feel. <laughs> and a lot of what we know as love has been described to us by music, right? Your favorite love song. When it comes on on the radio. I stand in the rain waiting. 
underneath your window. And that's not even a real song, but I'm just like, we just. Oh, you thought it was a real song? It's not a real song. That's my song. Ah. Hey. You, you've not been loved by a Bini man. Oh. When I see you, my heart stops. Oh. My heart stops. But love is the natural habitat of the human soul. When God creates us, he creates us to be loved. I was playing around with scripture in the morning and I began to realize, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, that God is love. So I said in the beginning, love created the world. In the beginning, love said to man, he said, let us create man. So we were created in love. All right. And when the Bible says there is darkness upon the earth, he is speaking about the absence of love. And, you know, Lagos traffic shows us you know, that's all the drama we do here tomorrow morning will start again. Just that whole, sometimes if you've never been here and if you're visiting, this, you know, this is what happens when love is not codified into your laws. So people come out and say, ah, this lane, this road, three lanes, it can take six. <laughs> well, we can stop here. You know, but when we get saved, there is a transformation on our inside, and as we grow in Christ, one of the it is the fundamental measure. It is not your ability to prophesy, sir. I love prophecy. Okay, that's not totally. I mean, I should love prophecy. They say I'm too too what's the word choleric for prophecy, but I'll deal with that on another day. Uh, but you know, prophecy is fine. Tongues. I know your tongues are Japanese mixed with French, you know, and they're deep and, and all that stuff. It says you are intel- you you have deep understanding, but that is not the measure of Christian maturity. It's not. It's not. Help me ask the person next to you: Are you in love? Are you in love? Are you in love? Yeah, because I think it's in First John chapter three. I didn't say ask for a number. Just ask. <laughs> First John chapter 3, 14 to 18. But Paul, the writer of John begins to say, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. And he who does not love his brother abides in death. Tell someone, you have to love me. You have to love me. You, you have to love me. You have to love me. I see how you're ignoring her. He's like, <laughs> he's like I knew I shouldn't have sat here. So that usher. You're going to tell her I love you over and over again in this service. So the Bible says, whoever loves, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So this is the level of love that we are called to as Christians. That you lay down your life for your brethren. This is like, well, he didn't really mean this, but he did. He did. He did. So when Jesus comes, he changes the whole thing. As Christians, look, our real superpower is love. Our real superpower is love. It is, it is the essence of who God is. It is the proof that when God, it's not your car. Just in case you do not know, there are millions of cars all around. 
it's not your house. Surprise, surprise, it's not your fine husband or boyfriend. People have husband and boyfriend. Well, husband or boyfriend, depending on your... Without without being Christians. There is a revival. And God is looking for people who would mature in love. So he would pray the Philippian church that your love will abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So there are levels in this love. He's praying from Ephesians chapter 3. He says, I'm praying that, you know, that, that God will strengthen you with might and he will bring you to the place where he says you understand the length, the width, the depth, the breadth of God's love. He says that you may be rooted and established in love. In Christ Jesus, the standard of love is rewritten. Earlier before, you know, before Jesus comes, is love your brothers as yourself. And so people take the excuse, I do not love myself like that, so I would not love you like that. It's in the Bible. So I say, you know how I me, mean? I'm strict to myself. Very strict. So, but Jesus comes and says, oh, well, no. He says, you would love people the way I have loved you. How do I love you? He says, I die for them. I tell the person next to you, you have to love me. You have to love me. You have to love me. Mm, mm. in fact first <laughs> and I like how first John first John says it it says first John 4 19 to 21 we love him because he first loved us and if someone says I love God but hates his brother he's a liar for he does not he who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love God whom he has not seen and so he says well this is my brother right but no sir in Christ Jesus, the theater of love is changed. Right? It's changed. I think it's in, it's in Luke chapter 6 and 32. that he says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? So some of you guys only like love fair women. Say, Pia, I'm dark. Want my children to be in the middle. Pia, you know I'm not very tall. I'm only the most married tall girl. Mm. <laughs> Some of you girls say, ah, if it's not a Yoruba boy. <laughs> so when Jesus comes, he redefines the boundaries of your love. He's, he tells that story about the guy who called the good Samaritan. He says even the guys who were religious could not step out of the boundaries. But in Christ Jesus, we receive the kind of love that steps out of the boundaries. Whether they are APC or PDP, we love them. Liverpool fans, Arsenal, Barcelona Barcelona fans lead love. (laughs) Barcelona fans, Man U fans, eh, Chelsea, we love them. We love them. It doesn't matter what race they are. Chinese, Lebanese, Sudanese. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the the length of her skirt. I said in the first service, I know some of you guys already love people who have short skirts. But but you know how we can be religious. My goodness. Look at that skirt. This girl is not going to heaven. No. It's not with first batch. <laughs> not with first batch. 
And in Luke 6, he says, but love your enemies, do good and lend. Lend to your enemies. He says, hoping nothing in return. Lend to your enemies knowing that you would not return it. It, it, it would it's not come back. Write it off immediately. I, I said, hey, some, someone, you are still in your books. Have a debt that someone, money, but they borrowed six years ago. You have it, 50,000. Have you been calculating interest? Compound. <laughs> Let me ask the person next to you, are you in love? Are you in love? The true meaning of love is reclaimed in Christ Jesus. Our capacity for love is reclaimed in Christ Jesus. And I sense tonight that God is asking us, church, that would you let this love grow? Would you let it find expression? Romans 5, 5 says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So, I'll talk about three things and we'll pray. The first thing for me is that people who are maturing Christians must constantly receive wholeheartedly God's love. And I put a note, question in my note. Am I more persuaded today of God's love than I was last year? Because we are used to the way men love. <laughs> and even people who sing your best, even most likely the guy who sang your favorite love song has, has, has stopped loving several people. I mean, but even you yourself, think about it. Twin. Remember that boy? You said you loved him. I cannot breathe if you don't come to school. Michael. I, well, I'm just making up the name. You know the real name. <laughs> But you know, you, you, you thought, ah, the way I love this girl. God. You've, and now when, you, when she calls, you block her number? Because you've now, so you, you, you're used to how people love. And you think that that is not how God loves. That is not how God loves. That when you consider constantly the fact that the cross it was meant to be us, chaps. We're meant to be the ones who were hanging on the cross. The Bible says, all have sinned. Come short of the glory of God. That the wages of sin was dead. But that even before we were born, the Bible says he died. It says for a righteous man, people might die. Have you received the love of God? That the Holy, have you let the Holy Spirit tell you how much God loves you? Because you have let Tunde tell you how much he loves you or does not love you. Saying about Joseph, earlier in the year, studying and I realized that one of the reasons why Joseph will go through the things that he went through. You read Genesis 20, 49, he says uh, he, he, that he was sorely grieved by the archers, but that he, the, his bow remained strong. Was because as a young man, Joseph became persuaded of his father's love. His father would look at him and say, Joseph, I love you. And his brothers were seething with jealousy and envy. And then one day his father brings a beautiful blazer, puts it upon the man, wraps the young... And imagine Joseph coming out. And Joseph, where did you get that? He said, Daddy gave me. Daddy gave you what? How? You know, and the Bible said, I think it was, was it different colors? Is that my Bible study? It was different colors? Okay, there's a challenge with the fashion sense. But there were different colors. All right. But he, so it doesn't even make it more obvious. Everywhere he went, that guy, don't you know him? He has, you know, Jack, he's covered his entire being with love. 
And so when they put him in the pit, no wonder when they, they put him in the pit, they put him in prison, they put him in Potiphar's house, he still comes out not bitter because he has received love. Have you received the Father's love? Because people who are maturing Christians must first receive it. First John 4 says, we love because he first loved us. And so there are too many Christians who cannot act in faith. Galatians 5, 6 says, faith that walketh through love. Because they are not, they've not come to a place yet where they are persuaded that God loves you. I've been saying it all through this, this teaching series. When, when you think of God thinking of you, do you think he's, he's happy? Or do you think he's just saying, <laughs> uh, the, the, the lightning that will strike you. I'm preparing it. Do you think he's angry with you? Someone just say, I'm, I'm loved by God. No, just say it again. Say, I am loved by God. I am loved by God. I am loved by God. And then I say in the service, I have that, you, you know how it feels. You know how it feels when you love someone and then don't exactly love you back. Oh. I hear people hissing. You know, Valentine's Day, you bought him. Oh, sorry, well. <laughs> yes, you bought. Well, yes, you bought him stuff. Shoes, perfumes, pluralo, different ones, dark glasses. You even borrowed money. Big. They, they even went to his office. They were blowing saxophone. Ah. ah. And he sends you a text. Thank you, you're like a sister to me. <laughs> uh, you're shouting. <laughs> so, but you didn't, you didn't kill your son for him. I mean, give, give time, maybe three months. You will heal. You will heal. <laughs> he just needs to sedate you for a while. You'll be fine. But how does God feel? When we wake up in the morning and say, nobody loves me. And constantly the accuser of the brethren, we keep on saying, did he say? But look at your results now. But just look at your bank balance. How can someone who is loved by God have negative five naira? How? But you know it now. So maturing Christians wholeheartedly receive God's love. In Ephesians 3, Paul will say that you are rooted and grounded in it. When Paul will say that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. This is not angels. Some of us, just traffic separates us. Because by the time you get to work, you say, Lord, if you love me, I wouldn't have the kind of traffic I saw. Oh. Some of it is Monday that separates you. Sometimes it's a failure. It's a weakness. It's a lack. It's a pain. Maturing Christians actively practice forgiveness. And I normally say how that because forgiveness contests with the space that love has to work in in the human heart. Unforgiveness. It brings, I say, look, you need to forgive before you become bitter. There are too many people who have not forgiven their parents. Too many people who haven't forgiven their ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, 
your teacher, your pastor, your former pastor. Because when you don't forgive, you, you, you sometimes are even in a worse state than the person who offended you. Help me tell the person next to you, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. When was the last time I forgave someone? How do we forgive? We forgive in advance. We forgive before we feel like it. We forgive before we become bitter. Ephesians chapter 4, 32 says to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. And so Jesus, before he gets into what is the, the biggest part of his assignment on earth, he realizes that I cannot carry this sacrifice with unforgiveness in my heart. And I promise you, if they had been flogging you for days, put a heavy cross on your heart, thorns on your head, had been spitting at you, calling you names, amongst these people are people who you healed, people who you fed. Ha! <laughs> I just said it before, I will reverse some, reverse some healings. That guy that straightened his leg. No way. Go back, man. You spat on me, Abby. Oh, I healed your brother blind. He's blind. Your whole family blind. Now I'm going to die for the world. But before Jesus offers that sacrifice, what does he do? He says, forgive them. You think he was doing it for them? No, sir. He understood he was about to enter into a new level. He, he, he could see us. He could see us gathered here. He could see us. That's why he was forgiving them. So someone, you are still holding your ex-boyfriend. The guy has moved on, married. Moved to Canada. You're holding him on forgiveness. <laughs> and God says, let me cause this revival in your life. He said, no, Kunle, you broke my heart. God says, I want to heal you. Forgive this guy. He's gone. Hey. Maturing Christians forgive. I'll tell them in the first that people they practice. Some people practice active forgiveness, advanced forgiveness. So I've even forgiven you. I know you might offend me. I'm forgiving you. I'm not that mature yet. I forgive you on the pay as you go. You know, you come, you you offend. I forgive. Hmm. Maturing and, and just remember what I said that there's a level in love that God wants us to come into. Because there's a revival that is waited for this. Maturing Christians constantly engage in practical acts of love. In First John, he would say, do not love just in words, but love in actions. Love in actions. Not just for Instagram. Not because you want something back. When was the last time I surprised somebody with love? When was the last time I broke a barrier of hatred and, 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 and discord? When I went and I said, I know your people don't talk to my people, but here, let me buy you a drink. I talk about people who have inherited quarrels. Your father doesn't talk to Cousin Femi, so you and Cousin Femi's son do not talk. For what? When was the last time you hugged a stranger with their permission? <laughs> What is that saying you complimented someone? When was the last time you said a kind word? It was Bob Goff 
who says that every act of extravagant love is a declaration of faith. Every act of extravagant love is a declaration of faith. Their love needs everywhere. You cannot look for someone to love. There are people to love everywhere. I need love. The person sitting next to you looking all pretty and all done up, they need love, sir. Guys need love. I mean, a time came in our church, I started saying, no, nobody tells the guys I love you. So when I finish messages to the guys, I put lots of love, P.I. You can delete it on your phone. I sent it. Because love carries the power and the nature of God. Will we grow up in love? Would we look for love projects? Would we look for something no one in our, in our lineage has ever done in love? Would you feed a thousand people? Would you send people to school? Would you look for someone who is broken hearted? Would you comfort someone? Would you encourage someone? Smile at someone in traffic. Sometimes I love you is a prophetic intervention in the life of another person. It is. If they are going to vex, let them vex. In Acts chapter 9, the Bible speaks about a young woman called a woman called Dorcas. The Bible says she was full of good works and alms. And the Bible says so it came to a time and then she passed on. She died. But you know what happened? She had been expressing so much love, working in a level of love, that the disciples refused for her to die. They said, Peter is in a city not too far. Go and call Peter. And so Peter comes. They take him to the room where she is and they show him all the things. He says, see this jacket? She bought it for me. She made this for me. She did that for me. What, what, what are you and that provokes he lays hands on her and she comes back to life but I believe that that story was bigger than Dorcas and those people who wanted her back I believe that God wanted to birth a revival in that city so there was acts of love that had been sown over time that was a basis for the power of God to fall where are you leaving love where, where, are, you, where are you showing people that God exists You know the way the Bible says the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The attitude of Lagos does not produce the, the righteousness of God. How does the gospel become preached to the Gentiles? When you read, I think it's Acts chapter 9 or Acts chapter 10. And the Bible speaks about a gentleman called Cornelius. The Bible says he was constantly giving alms and praying. And so when it was time for God to do something in his city, when God was going to send Peter, he looked for that man. Where is God going to pour his power? There are too many people who are praying, but have hard hearts. Praying, but with unforgiveness. Praying, but not kind. Praying, but not patient. Praying but refusing to let go of the man who offended them. Refusing to be the, build, the bridge builder. When was the last time you shocked someone with the love that you showed them? Because love carries the power and the nature of God. When was the last time that I was, that you defended someone? But everyone, you send them a DM because everyone in the group was telling them how rubbish they are. Everyone on Twitter was criticizing them. You send them a message and say, don't worry, we all make mistakes. You're going to be fine. When was the one last time you stopped a rumor 
and say, guys, it might be true. That might be her face in the video. But guys, come on now. We've all been with sin. Let's drop these stones. Love, in fact, in one place, First Peter 4, he says, let the love be fervent for each other. Not for your boyfriends, not for your crush, not for your wife, for each other. When he says, die for each other, lay down your lives for each other, Jesus is talking about brethren. That guy you don't like in the choir, yes, him. There is a revival coming, folks. And God is looking for people who would grow up in love. People who would receive his love on a daily basis. People who would wake up and before they let anything get ups- upset them in life, we say, Lord, the fact that I'm still breathing in and breathing out, the fact that my heart is still pumping, it means that you love me. The fact that the sun is still up, it hasn't fallen down on this wicked world, it means that you love me, sir. People are looking for proof in physical sense. Because we're looking for proof. I don't have an iPhone 10. Oh, iPhone is that, or the, the new one. Yeah, the new one. I don't have uh, uh, the latest G-Wagon. So God does not love me. The truth is, these things pass. And so, Christians who are maturing will let God shape their understanding of who they are with him. But you would not walk with condemnation or shame anymore. I can't remember if it was Tuesday, it was Wednesday, or, yeah, talking about how that guilt is a trap. That you let the love of God make you shine. You let the love of God bless you on the inside. You let the love of God be the inner conversation of your heart. So why, why do you play? And I, I mean, I like, I like a good love song. Yeah. But you know, some of you have this love song that you play. Don't raise your hand, but you play it at night to sleep. Put it on repeat. As I'm standing here, sad by myself, you listen to it over and over and over again. Would you consider the love of God? I was praying yesterday, I said, Lord, Lord, would you let your love heal me? Me? let your love heal me because there's still parts of my heart that are broken there's still parts of my life that are work in progress would you let your love heal me that love that is not the love of a man would you let it heal me so when Jesus says the voice of a stranger they will not hear he means that they will not hear that voice that is saying you are the one who committed an abortion you are not worthy to stand in the presence of God you will not hear that voice you will rather hear the voice of God who says all your sins are forgiven there is therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit I wonder who would allow God in this season push them further in their love walk could we pray tonight could we pray tonight and our prayer is very simple it's one or two prayers but it's very simple it says Lord I hear that you love me I receive your love I'm asking that you would quiet in your heart in this season of prayer this one two three minutes of prayer whatever it is will you collect your thoughts and just forget about the person on your left and on your right and would you say lord i i 
I, I, I hear that you love me. I may not have all the evidence yet, but Jesus was a big gift. The Bible says, how is it? That we who have received the abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through Christ Jesus. So would you talk to him about it? There's another person who is saying, Lord, heal me with your love. Someone else is saying, Lord, I, I refuse to stand in the way of a revival. So I yield myself to love. Someone else is saying, Lord, I, I repent of, of, just, of, of acting outside of love concerning X and Y, concerning X and Y situation. Someone else is saying, Lord, I forgive someone. I forgive the other person. But would you pray tonight? Would you yield yourself tonight? Someone is saying, look, you know, I'm rooted and established in love. I'm rooted and established. That's Paul's prayer. He says that you will be rooted and established in love. Someone is saying, Lord, show me how much you love me. Show me how much you love me. I know I have had all sorts of wrong descriptions of love. I have had all sorts of wrong adventures of love. I have gone with people who said they loved me, but Lord, they left me. But Lord, I know that you are not a man that you should lie, not a son of man that you should repent from the things that you have said. I know you set the sun in the daytime to guide me, the moon at night, oh, for my sake. I know you are the one who has, who has refused for me to die. I know you are the one who constantly keeps breath in my nostrils. I know you are the one. I know you are the one. I know you are the one. Would you dare let God love you tonight? Would you dare let God move you out of your apathy? Would you let God give you a love assignment, a love project? Would you dare let God show you that you have 10,000, you have too many things in the wardrobe. You have too many shoes. Would you let him show you someone to bless, someone to help, someone to talk to? Would you step out of your shell? Would you be bold in the one who is Alpha and Omega? The one who loved you before you came, who loves you even after everything that you have been through. But he's looking for a generation who would not keep his love a secret. The one who would wake up in the morning and call someone and say, Look, I love you. I love you. I love you. I know we've been quarreling for a long time and I cannot still understand it. But I love you. Would you let God love someone through you? Would you let him bless a child through you? Would you let him heal a family through you? Would you grow up in love? He said, speaking the truth in love to one another. That we would grow up into Christ, into the fullness of God. Would you stop in a baby chasing after pleasure? Chasing after pleasure. Would you look to God and say, Lord, right yet through me something. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.